A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, I am talking about my sports story and the real reason why I quit gymnastics. And I mean, on the surface, it was very easy to say, well, I quit because of my struggle with fear and mental blocks, but there was so much more to it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I had in common with a couple of successful Olympians, the mistakes that I made when trying to deal with my fear, the mistakes my coaches made, and some of the things that I had to learn the hard way so that you do not have to make the same mistakes I did. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and my job is to help young athletes overcome fear and mental blocks, and learn to trust themselves and build lasting confidence that transcends beyond sport. And there is a very specific reason why I do that as a career, why I've chosen that as my driving force in my business, in my life. So I'm going to give you a little glimpse into that. It's been a little while since I have told my story. So I'm going to dive into the real reason why I quit gymnastics also going to talk about what I have in common with a couple of notable Olympians that chose a different path than I did. Talk about ways to avoid having this happen to your athlete. And hopefully my story can be an inspiration to you so that you don't have to take the same rough path that I took to where I am today. So I was always a hard worker. I was always a people pleaser. I was always very enthusiastic. If you haven't gathered that by now. And I was super flexible. So my mom called me Gumby and everyone was like, you got to do gymnastics. You're so bendy, just like Gumby. So I started, I started around age five. I was, you know, a little spastic. So my mom ended up pulling me out. Actually, no, I started at like age two. I think she pulled me out in kindergarten because I just could not follow directions. And then around age eight, she put me back in. And so that's classically a pretty late start for a gymnast to have a big gap. But I worked my way up and by age like 11, I was on the competitive team and we moved around a lot. So it wasn't, I didn't really ever have like a total chance to lock in and go. But by the time I got to level four gymnastics, I had a great gym. I had great coaches. I was flexible. I was a hard worker. I was a people pleaser. And I started to really move through the levels and I started to have some success. I was older. I loved that when it came time to be on the award stand because I was like, woohoo. I can win all around with a 35 where like the young kids have to get a 37 or a 38, but I did pretty well considering. 
my event was beam. So I was a little taller, a little like lankier, but I looked good on that beam. And so that was sort of my event. And if I did well, I could get a high all around score. That was sort of like the place where I got all my points. And then something started happening as I was working. I had already competed a back walk over on the beam, but like I started working back handsprings and something happened where I started getting really anxious and I feel sweaty just thinking about it. And I would like wipe my hands and wipe my feet and pull my hair and be like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And then I'd be like, oh, I got to wipe my hands again. My hands feel sweaty. My feet feel sweaty. I just started to hesitate. I sort of like fearless thing I had up until a certain point. All of a sudden it was like an Adam and Eve moment where I was like, ah, this is dangerous. Kind of around age 12. I feel like that's when we we have this mortality kick in and we're like, ooh, I could get hurt. Or like, oh, what? Yeah, I guess I shouldn't fling myself through the air without any without any thought. So I started to hesitate and then I actually started freezing up. So I'd think I was going backwards to do it and then I'd freeze. And I didn't know what was happening. My coach would be like, Rebecca, what is the problem? Do your back walkover. And then I'd go to low beam and I couldn't do my back walkovers. It was really frustrating. So I had some coaches, one coach that was like, Rebecca, you're ridiculous. Get on the beam and go. Or like, get off my beams. And I was like, or climb the rope or do conditioning. If you don't go, then the whole team will be punished. But that did not work for me. Then I had this other coach who was so patient and she would put her hand up there and spot me over and over. And I'd be like, just four fingers, just three fingers, one finger, just please, please, would you just stand there just one foot away? No, a little closer. And she would, she was so patient with me, but neither of those approaches got me to the point where I could actually consistently do the skip, even though I could physically do it. Super frustrating. Then I started having trouble with my tumbling on floor. So I could tumble pretty well. I was never the most powerful. I was always more of a Nastia than a Sean Johnson. Like I was sort of like a dancer rather than a tumbler, but I could tumble. And I started getting to the point where I do ran off back handspring and then I'd freeze up before the flip, which is not safe. And it's very scary. And like, as a coach, I've caught kids flying through the air like that. You don't want to put coaches in that position. You don't want to be in that position. It's super dangerous. So it was like, I'd have these moments where I was like, oh, like, I just like freeze up basically. So it became very scary and the coaches didn't know what to do. They were, they'd yell, they'd coddle, they'd like, and nothing worked. So then after this had been going on long enough, I realized, well, I'm the team head case. That's just the way it is. I'm the one who's going to be scared on stuff. So like, that's me. And I started thinking about the skills that were coming, you know, like, if I get through this, then I got to do that. And if I get through this, then I got to do that. And the skills kept getting bigger and bigger. And I look at these girls on my team, these younger, better girls who outscored me and they moved through the levels faster than me because they were just fearless. And I just was like, well, my fear is too powerful. I'm not confident enough. I'm not good enough. I don't have talent like they do. I will never be as good as them. I really believed that. And there was a day when I was 14 and I had my routine choreographed. I was going it like season was coming. It was my first optional meet was coming up. And I was working on those up skills. I was training my giants. I was working the back handspring on the beam. And I just, I quit. And so it'd be easy for me to say that I quit because of my fear. Because the fear got to be too much. But the true story is that I quit because I didn't believe in myself. I thought I was too old. I thought I was too tall. I thought I was too mental. I thought I would never be as confident or as fearless and I wasn't meant to be. And I, I didn't have the magic something that allows people to be great gymnasts. That's what I thought. Now, 
in these days, I have met a lot of very high level gymnasts who are tall, who had late starts, who, you know, all of these like, well, I can't because of this and I can't because of that. I can't because I got scared. Well, Samantha Peshek and Kyla Ross are two amazing Olympian gymnasts that I've had the opportunity to interview for my podcast. And both of them had mental blocks on going backwards on the beam and on tumbling on the floor when they were in that like level four, five, six range, that sort of mid-range gymnastics. Both of them struggled the exact same way that I did. What's the difference? You know, like, why didn't that take them out of their sport? How come they got to be UCLA superstars? How come they got to be Olympians? Well, they had a solution. They had a solution to work through the fear. And that solution allowed them to believe in themselves, allowed them to communicate with their coaches. So I was this people pleaser. I really like to be liked. I really badly like to be liked. I'm like, please give me a compliment and keep all your criticisms to yourself. Thank you. That's my MO. And so I always wanted to just say yes when my coaches asked me to do something. I had no concept of consent. You know, the idea of no means no, or I don't feel comfortable with that. I wasn't taught that. And I think the culture of gymnastics doesn't teach that. I think a lot of youth sports, especially these, you know, high pressure, high injury rate sports, there's no concept of consent. There is no collaboration. Now, I'm obviously speaking generally, and there are a lot of programs out there doing a good job. But my program, even though I had very well-meaning coaches who cared a lot about us, like consent wasn't a thing. So those athletes, Kyla and Sam and like a lot of other very high-level athletes, Briley, one of the coaches for CPC who was the captain of the University of Michigan team, she was on the junior national team, she also struggled with going backwards on beam. So like, why did, why could they do it and I couldn't? Well, they had the self-esteem. They valued themselves enough to speak up and ask for what they need. This is something I see consistently in the athletes who break through their fear. So I have this deep down feeling like I'm not valuable unless I'm successful. And because I wasn't successful, I didn't have value. And because I didn't feel like I was valuable, I couldn't speak up and ask for what I need. I thought I wasn't talented. And ultimately, these negative thoughts and these negative beliefs that I had deep down inside of me kept me from asking for what I needed, kept me from believing in myself, kept me from putting in the effort to work through those rough patches because I just didn't think I'd ever get through. So I did not, I did not quit because of fear. I quit because of that negativity and that lack of self-belief that finally won. And at age 14, I let go of my sport. But that negativity and that lack of self-belief stayed with me. And then I proceeded to, I failed gymnastics. Then I failed college. After one year, I dropped out because it was too hard and I couldn't handle it. Also, I'm, you know, I'm not an idiot. I'm a pretty smart person. But there was just this thing in me that was so hard on me. I was so hard on myself all the time that I basically was like, I'm not good enough. I can't handle this. It's not going to work for me. Those deep down negative thoughts just killed. They killed my college career. They killed a career in real estate. I had a failed marriage. I was married for four months and then bailed on that. Basically, it was sabotaging myself constantly because I didn't think I deserved to have a good life. I didn't think I deserved to have good things until I was successful. So I just thought, like, I have to figure out how to succeed, but I kept crashing and burning. And finally, in 2007, the year I got divorced, I lost everything, basically. 
like I lost a house to foreclosure. I left a job. I ended up, I was like, well, I guess I'm going back to coaching gymnastics because it's what I love the most. And there, I also was like, something's got to change. I can't live like this. This is too hard. And so I started throwing myself into personal growth, leadership training, and learning about myself, like just really deep self-searching. And I planted this mustard seed of self-belief, believing that maybe there is a different way. And maybe the way that I see myself isn't true. And maybe I can be happy with what I have, whether I'm quote unquote succeeding or not. So I took baby steps and was like, I can't do college. I'm a failure. So I took one class. That was my first baby step of like, I'm going to try this thing. And then I took two classes. And then next thing you know, I finished my degree and I finished my master's degree. And it was just one foot in front of the other. And what happened during that phase was that I was growing as a human. My ability to believe in myself was growing every time I hit a wall and I'd be like, this class is too hard. I'm going to fail. I can't do it. I would, I'd reach out to a friend and she'd be like, Rebecca, just go tomorrow and sit in the front and raise your hand. Just do the homework and show up tomorrow. She broke it down into little bitty, itty bitty pieces. So I didn't have to get overwhelmed. And I learned that and a lot of different techniques that helped me to get through the day-to-day anxiety of being a high achiever who really wants to be like, and that, like that, it's so ironic that that high achiever in me that really wanted to be liked was also the part of me that was like, well, forget it. I can't be successful. So I might as well just like give up. So I stopped giving up. And one day at a time, I would like just keep at it and just keep at it. I learned how to keep my focus on what allows me to show up and allows me to perform rather than that negativity that is so ingrained in us humans that just wants to drag me down. Now I can be like, that's not true. Thank you for trying, but this is what's really true. I learned how to love myself, how to ask for help, how to trust the process, and how to trust myself, which, I mean, that's something that I want to be able to give to every, oh my gosh, every 12-year-old out there, the ability to trust yourself, to make a decision, and if you fail, you learn, and you get up and you try again. So that is what I teach, and that's why I teach it. I teach that 12, 13, 14-year-old girl and boy. To not have to make those same mistakes. I I teach them about consent, communication. I teach them about self-worth. I teach them about self-love. It's like, yeah, I help athletes get better at their sport, but it's so much bigger than that, you guys. It's so much bigger than that. Because I don't want that athlete to first quit their sport at age 14, but then like quit other things and sabotage. So I'll save you 20 years, guys. (laughs) Because when I help you or your athlete, it heals my 12-year-old inside. So that's how I came up my mission statement. I'll finish up with just like reading to you the mission statement of Complete Performance Coaching. Our mission is to become the premier mental training program for young athletes. We help athletes find hope, grit, and self-worth through the power of community. Our top quality mental training teaches athletes how to overcome adversity, build lasting confidence, and reach excellence in all areas of life. So that's a little bit about me. I would love to hear your story or your athlete story. Please feel free to send me a DM either here on Facebook or on Instagram. I would love to hear your story. I would love to give you a little inspiration to know that if you are facing something really hard right now, or you feel like you're not good enough, or you're not talented enough, or everyone else is better, that that is just not true. And there's so much hope for you. All right. I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. 
If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.